I learned to acknowledge that no matter how careful, calculative, and prayerful you may be, chaos is life's inevitable certainty. Greetings, my name is Z and welcome to Checkpoint 30. And this is where we cultivate habits, embrace growth, and redefine success. Hey guys, hope you're having a great time, hope you're enjoying your festive season. Now, in this last episode of the year, I felt like sharing something that I feel is a good thing to step into 2024 with. I want to share about life's inevitable certainty, chaos. Now, (laughs) I agree, it doesn't sound like an exciting topic to talk about during a time of celebration as this, but I will argue its relevance. As we always do, let's, let's define the key word in discussion, chaos. Chaos is a state where there's no order, where there's confusion. I spoke about Jordan Peterson's Tough Rules for Life in the previous episode. That book gives an exhaustive account of what we'll discuss today, chaos and order. I highly, highly recommend reading that book. It's definitely life-changing, thought-provoking, and it gives you a different perspective to things and life. Let me give you a little background about myself. I'm a very analytical person. One could call it paranoia. (laughs) The way I see things could be perceived a bit too critical. I can't help it. I am very calculative and my wife will tell you how I can calculate even the simplest things in life. On one hand, this has served me well over the years. I have developed an alertness that prevents me from doing things that waste my time and energy. As a result, if you know me, you will know that I'm interestingly both introverted and socially selective. On the other hand, it doesn't serve me well. Apart from the obvious effects of being less socially exposed is one more subtle but likely deceiving effect, which is the belief that if you can calculate and plan enough in life, then you can be in control and ultimately prevent more than just wasted time and energy, but chaos itself from happening. You can maintain order in your life. In addition to that, as a Christian who grew up in Christian doctrine, the idea that is usually falsely and maybe sometimes immaturely taught is that God will take all your problems away. In other words, chaos cannot and should not touch you because you are a child of God. But if we really dig deep, even in the Bible, you will notice no one is immune to chaos. Yet there's still a belief, maybe silent belief, within a Christian's mind and heart that when chaos reveals itself, then something must have gone wrong. I did not pray enough, I wasn't alert enough, my faith is little, I did not tithe, the list goes on. This is the assumption that you have to transact somehow to keep chaos at bay. Maybe that may be the case sometimes. However, I'll make an argument using two points. One, what makes life what it is, is our susceptibility to chaos. Life lived in perfect order is like listening to a song that is played and sung in one chord. The whole song. Just imagine that. Think of any song that you really love. Think of it being sung in the same chord, like one constant, uh, like the whole song. Just think about it. There wouldn't be any depth or dynamic to the song. Chaos is what gives dynamics to the song that we call life. It gives different chords that make up a song. Chaos gives meaning to order. It gives color to a canvas, you know, that we call life. Otherwise, we wouldn't enjoy the times of order if we didn't have chaos. And two, no one is immune to it, religious or not. 
Whether you're a saint or you're a murderer, chaos will find you. To further elaborate, a year ago, I was planning to get a new laptop. For it to make sense financially, I had to sell my iPad first. I posted it on Facebook Marketplace, as I always did with previous things that I had sold before. I got a few inquiries over the days as expected. Then one day someone called me and they were quite eager to get it. But I was busy at the time and I was doing other things and they couldn't come to where I was. So I told them, you know what, let's meet the next day. And we agreed. But an hour later, like around 5 p.m., he called and said he's now able to make it. He found a way to come to me. So he got there, viewed the device and he made a mobile bank transfer, which turned out to be a fake one, but more on that later. As I told you before, I'm very calculative, or maybe I'm not, <laughs> who knows now, after I tell you this. I thought in my head, I need to go withdraw this money just to make sure it's actually there. So we agreed to go to an ATM to withdraw first. He went in his car, I used mine. Unbeknown to me, the time it took me to go back to the house and get car keys, and drive to the ATM, he had gone to plant an accomplice who would later play a significant role in my decision, masqueraded as a complete stranger to me. I got to the ATM, the message was there, error, try again. And then there was a voice behind me in the queue. Uh, sorry, sir, are you also struggling to withdraw? Because I also struggled yesterday, but it eventually worked after an hour. I thought to myself, this is a complete stranger who then know what I'm doing or where I'm coming from or what I'm going through. So surely there is something wrong with the network system. And it doesn't help that this particular bank has uh, quite a faulty mobile banking service and it's quite glitchy. It really doesn't work, at least for the longest of times. I wouldn't know now because I actually left the bank. I don't use it anymore. If you are in Namibia and you use NetBank Namibia, yeah, just give me a call or send me a message. Uh, I'm not someone who likes to do, what do they call it? Name and shame. But honestly, I feel like when it comes to these kind of things, it's better to really speak up and I can give you a full account of how you might just lose your money and no one will do anything about it. But anyways, moving on. It was quite believable as I had experienced something similar before in terms of the mobile banking. I had received the same service from the same bank before and then it didn't work then it started working later so i thought well yeah this money will appear in an hour i also continued to think well they sent me a message using the actual bank number that is owned by the bank or so i thought turns out the bank gets the number from a telecommunications company and when such things happen it could be any of the two institutions that were internally compromised so None of them will actually accept responsibility. Now, I really want you to understand that it's not like I received a message from a random number. I received the bank notification from the number that the bank actually uses to send transaction notifications to me. So no one should have access to that number apart from the bank or the telecommunications company that they work with. Additionally, I had this man's name, which turned out to be fake later on and his workplace because he was wearing a lab coat which had the name of the lab but again it turned out to be fake later on i also had memorized the number plates of the car he used i do that with most cars that are of interest to me 
especially if I enter uh, any taxi. And I kept on thinking, you know what? The ATM is not saying invalid number. It's just saying error. So there's a high chance it's a network thing like I've experienced before. So out of whatever thin level of reason, I gave him the iPad in good faith. Surely things seem to be in order. He's such a nice man. I mean, he spoke quite humbly, I must say. Maybe the silent belief in that chaos is easily recognizable, just like most Christians believe false prophets are easily recognizable, made me think surely is not the devil himself here to steal. In what was weeks, if not months of confusion (laughs) that followed, I learned that the phone number couldn't be traced because Namibia, for some reason, has never registered SIM card owners. It's only now that they've started to do so and it'll take effect uh, from 2024 going onwards. The bank notification that I received, the bank couldn't explain how their number was hacked and denied accountability. And of course, I couldn't sue them because who has the time to go against a bank for something worth 500 US dollars? Actually, who has the time and money to go against a bank? I also learned that the number plates were probably fake because the car belonged to a lady when the police uh, did the investigation. Uh, Or maybe the police didn't investigate enough. I don't know. Just speculation. And the lab coat, as I said again, was also for show. I was caught in a very perplexing cloud, mostly in disbelief of how I actually gave my iPad without double and triple checking that for sure I had this money. I was disappointed in myself, honestly, for weeks. Uh, My wife can attest to that. Even my close family, my, my siblings, my parents who actually tried everything they could to comfort me. And I'm thankful for that. I had entertained fools and given them the device on a silver platter and they got away with it. But that's not the point at all here. The point is not that the perpetrators got away with it. The point is no matter how prepared I was or thought I was, I still was scammed. I struggled with this for months. I really felt the effects of chaos, I would wake up and ask myself, why me? Why did I decide to sell it? Am I not clever enough to know this? I should be wise enough. I should should have seen this from a mile away. When you play it back, you start to see all the signs that were there. And you're like, why didn't you see that? What could have I done differently to avoid this? And there, that, that question was tricky to answer. Could I have avoided this? Maybe. Maybe I should have known better. Maybe I should have been more aggressive in approach like uh, my wife is. She's she's the most no-nonsense person I've come to really know. You can't give her substandard service and think she won't notice. But could I have avoided it? Initially, I really thought I could have. But after weeks of really thinking about it, maybe too much, it became evident to me that whether I could have avoided it or not, It didn't really matter at all. In fact, that was the worst question to ask going forward. I had to make a choice. Do I look back in the unending pit of self-pity or do I look back to learn and remember as I move forward? And I chose the latter. I learned from my mistakes and probably from being naive. But above all, I learned to acknowledge that no matter how careful, calculative and prayerful you may be, chaos is life's inevitable certainty. It'll happen one way or another. 
Maybe out of your ignorance, maybe out of uh, consequences to your actions or lack thereof, maybe out of pure evil orchestrated towards you by someone, or maybe from being outclassed by someone with ill intent, or maybe from being faithless. What remains is if we sit down and think about it, chaos is inevitable and we have no way of protecting ourselves from it, at least not entirely. However, we have a way of dealing with it when it shows up. There are of course things that can be clearly avoided in life, but there are things that just happen. From lack of words to describe some of the things that happen, most people say, yeah, that's life. Because you can't say anything else. It just, it happens. But maybe it's time to view chaos differently, which is easier said, of course. Instead of asking yourself, how can we prevent chaos from ever happening? Maybe the next time chaos reveals itself in your life, ask yourself, how do I play the next chord on this song called My Life? What response do I give to this question that chaos has imposed on my life? Do I rise from the ashes of confusion or do I make a home in the pit of self-pity? Or do I become friends with the evil of pain and deceit? My hope is that hard as it may be, I would choose to play the chord that builds hope rather than sadness. That I would choose to shine a light where there seems to be darkness. That I would choose to introduce bright and vibrant and lovely colors where things seem to be going dull. Because ultimately, to move forward effectively, I need to pull myself up. But even more important, I have an opportunity to come out wiser, dynamic, and with more depth in my approach to life. And I like to believe that after that experience that I had, I came out a better person. I came out with some lessons to learn and with a few things that I'll do differently that I've done differently, actually, when I now sell things to people that I don't know. But generally, it has made me view life differently. You can try to avoid certain things from happening, but eventually some things will happen. Some chaos will find you. I hope this was helpful. You know, let's talk about it. Please do share your thoughts and and let me know what you think. But apart from that, I hope you guys have a beautiful last week of the year. Celebrate safely and see you in the new year. My name is Z and this is Checkpoint 30. Until next time. Cheers.